Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made, and sometimes twice. I'm Doug. I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? To paraphrase John Paul Jones, my spider sense has not yet begun to tingle. Oh my, you should get that checked out. To listen to this show, find us on 4eyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And I'm sure folks saw the title of this, but this is a revisited episode where we return to a previous episode, or in this case, episodes that we have covered previously, but with a new set of eyes uh, and for us, a fresh set of eyes. New set of eyes being a guest. Uh, and today we are joined um, by someone you haven't heard on this podcast before, but I'm very excited to have here today. Uh, we are joined by Dr. Ben. Hello, Dr. Ben. Hello. Hello, Derek. Hello, Doug. <laughs> How are you on this fine Spider-Man day? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing okay. I am decked out in some Spider-Man gear right now. Nice. Perfect. From Disneyland. Uh, that i I have not been to my friend very kindly sent me some stuff from there when he went a few uh two months ago and i am i am ready to talk uh, weird show (laughs) yes weird show yes weird show (laughs) um (laughs) and we uh, talk about it we certainly shall uh as derek knows i could talk about this show for all eternity yeah but before we get into that, because because you are new on this show, Doctor Ben, um, I do. We're going to ask a couple different types of background. Uh, you actually reached out to us, um, hoping to chat about Spider Man, but also to talk about something that has been ongoing for the past few years, and that is the COVID pandemic, which is something that you, as a doctor, <laughs> have some experience with, unfortunately. Um, so, for folks who don't know about the doctor part of Doctor Ben, what is your background, and why would you reach out to us to want? to talk about this stuff so wait a second has it really been a few years i mean we're on what year number three or we're going into year number three people what are you doing (laughs) like what what why okay all right no no serious time okay um so yes i am a doctor i've graduated medical school i have not yet started residency hopefully that will be happening soon Mm -hmm. um i've been focused primarily on pediatrics and family medicine this past year specifically, I've been working at a major vaccine site. I did that from March 2021 to uh, November 2021. That was a uh, COVID-19 vaccine site and testing site. And I've also been working in research at uh, for Rutgers, working on several pediatric COVID studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, it's been a lot of COVID stuff. One of the main things that I'm working on 
is a study to see why some kids are getting very sick from COVID and why some aren't. And that is a major study. It's just, it's, it's very consuming as you can probably assume. Sure. And, um, you know, COVID's not over and, uh, it's still going on strong. And that's, that's honestly one of the reasons that we wanted to set some time aside for it, right? Because I'm sure there's somebody listening to this who's like, well, I came here for Spider-Man. Why are they talking about the pandemic? And my answer is it's cool and, and, and necessary to escape into like fictional worlds, right? Especially when you're coping with, with stuff like a pandemic. But I also would like to enjoy the real world. And the only way to do that is for folks to take care of themselves and others in the midst of a pandemic. So yep. we might not have a huge platform, but we have one. So if we can set aside even a little bit of time, I think it's the right thing to do. Right. No, exactly. And look, it's just very important that everybody, you know, get your vaccine if you haven't gotten it yet. Mask up indoors. If you haven't gotten your booster uh, and you're six months out after or two months out after the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, get your booster vaccine. Yeah, just uh, practice safe protocols all around. I think that numbers have been sort of like leveling, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not as high as they were maybe a few weeks ago as of the recording of this. Mm-hmm. Which is late February for folks. Right, right. Just because things aren't bad now doesn't mean we shouldn't still be safe and still sure. shouldn't practice any sort of safe responsibility, power and responsibility. Even. <laughs> hey, interesting. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I appreciate you uh, reaching out to us and being willing to spend some some of your time talking about it. I mean, like, mm-hmm. just to be abundantly clear, your advice is like continue masking up inside, continue social distancing where you can make sure you're on top of your vaccine status, all that same stuff people have been talking about and are probably tired of talking about, but is still important. Right. Well, right? I think. Yeah. And, and I think like we also have to take into account that, like, like we said, that we're recording this in February. There's still some things that like like the very, very young child population is not protected with a vaccine yet. And Mm -hmm. that vaccine is still being developed. And there's certain things that have to be determined before that vaccine can roll out to the public. Don't worry. People haven't forgotten about it. It's being worked on. I can't disclose too much about it, but I can tell you that it's being worked on and that a lot of very like important decisions are being made about it. But what I can tell you is that just two weeks ago, we had a three-year-old in the pediatric ICU Mm -hmm. um, for complications from COVID. We had a two-year-old. We have another person in the PICU this week that I'm going to have to look into tomorrow. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, like there's a very, very, very young population. We had a newborn last month, a two-week-old with COVID pneumonia. Mm Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the more that everybody else gets the vaccine, it won't 100% protect you from catching COVID in the future. It'll prevent you from being hospitalized, mm-hmm. but it will decrease the chances of you of you catching it and spreading it to other people. Maybe right. that decrease isn't 100%, but it's a decrease nonetheless. And that right. decrease is important. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So, you know, I, I just think it's a good, it's a good reminder because you know, I as an individual person might have protected myself, but there are tons of people and, and even my close circle might have, but there are tons of people, especially like you're pointing out, 
a huge chunk, if not a majority of like young people are not or cannot be protected yet. And I think it's a yeah. thing we shouldn't lose sight of just because we're not necessarily talking about it every single day. For sure. Right. Right. For sure. And so. even, I mean, even people who have protected themselves can still get it. You know, I, that's the thing that's, that sucks is that, so it's like, mm-hmm. please do your best. Like I, I know people, I have friends and family members who never caught it for the first couple of years. And then in the last like month have, have caught it. And despite having been very safe and like been the types of people who never left the house and stuff. So it's like, it's still a thing that you can get. So why not be as safe as possible still? to prevent it because it's the longer it goes the more people are going to get it like obviously mm-hmm. you know right right yeah exactly might as well have the defenses built up yeah yeah or the programming for the defenses you know right well again thank you for coming on to our our podcast and talking about that but let's talk about spider-man yeah what do you think about yeah. that <laughs> spider-man stuff anybody come here for spider-man <laughs> <laughs> we've got spider-man okay so <laughs> As far as Spider-Man goes, Dr. Ben, what is your, I guess, like, do you have a particular Spider-Man origin story or what's your background with it? Yeah. So, like, I mean, look, I I did watch the animated show, the 90s show, mm-hmm. like on Fox mm-hmm. Kids and everything. And then, but it's not something I, like, devoutly follow, followed, like, Power Rangers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there were times where I, like, looked forward to it. I was invested in some of the storylines synagogue would get in the way so like it was hard to follow sometimes because i couldn't watch it some weekends or some weekdays or whatever and then i i would say then like you know then came like the toby Maguire movies and then for like a lot of people in our generation and then i would say i got on board with the comics senior year of college which was a very like transitory phase for me because I was uh, I was about to be starting medical school I was about to be like leaving college and I wasn't mm-hmm. playing Pokemon cards anymore competitively and like I wanted a new hobby and I I felt invested in the Marvel universe because of the Iron Man movie and I knew that I liked Spider-Man around that same time issue 600 of Amazing Spider-Man was being like really hyped up and I was like you know what let me jump on with this one. And I just was hooked immediately. And like, I I went back and read from the beginning of brand new day. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that there were like some polarizing things and whatever, but like, I never went back, back, back and read like really old stuff because I think that that would have just driven me crazy. (laughs) It's a very different vibe for sure. And so like, you know, from that point forward, it was basically like I have every single Amazing Spider-Man book since issue 600. I've met Dan Slott several times. We're on like first name basis. You know, I've met Nick Spencer as well. I mean, I love the new like the Marvel movies like are my favorite things right now. And mm-hmm. I love them. Spider-Man's my favorite superhero. I have several toys figurines i have like three of the hot toy figurines of Mm spider-man i love i love me some spider-man yeah did you um did your amazing spider-man comics reading ever spin off into any of the other ones or did you keep it pretty focused on the amazing stuff you know what it did spin out into other things for a long time there was a period where I was reading any book that had Spider-Man in it. Sure. That was oh, a word. 
terrible idea. It's a lot. It's, it's too, so it's many. too many. <laughs> and like I, it, it got to a point where I was buying them, but not reading them. Mm-hmm. And it definitely did snowball. I, I would say though, if we're talking about like the books that I, that I really read, I read like, I guess the Anya Corazon spider girl books come mm-hmm. to mind. Sure. Like that one when there was like a brief like eight or nine or ten issue, 12 issue run or something like that with like her versus like Red Hulk. There was a lot of stuff with uh, the big time arc where there were different like offshoots. There was uh, Agent Venom. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And so and like I wasn't a major Venom fan, but I really enjoyed the Agent Venom run. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like there were definitely some offshoots. I try now to keep it as minimal as possible. Um, there were like a few black hat offshoots and I was like, you know, I had read a previous one while I liked that one mostly because of the art, I was like, you know what? I don't really need to read. I, I know, I know Marvel by now. I know the game they're playing. Like, <laughs> well, and even yeah. just like when you're, when you have a hobby that is something so big and has such a deep history to it, like, I think it's really important to get to a point where like, you accept not being a completionist about things. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, it's like, I probably would like some black cat comics, but if I don't have time for them, you know, like there's I, only so much time. Exactly. In the day. Exactly. Right. Or I might like this like special event that they're doing in the whole universe, but I don't know if I can like handle that right now. You know, I think it's just like a good thing. It's like peace of mind to be able to get to that point <laughs> where you're like, you know what, if I feel inspired, I'll pick it up, but I'm not going to, you know, bend over backwards getting every single little thing i i definitely used to read every major event and then it was Mm -hmm. like i i really don't need to do this when it feels like a lot of them don't have long-lasting repercussions that actually matter and things get like undone like the thing i think that jumps out at me is like civil war 2 which obviously only came out because captain america civil war was coming out at the time and i'm like reading it nothing mattered afterwards Derek and I have definitely talked about events before and we certainly we've we I don't we don't need to relitigate it because we've done it like eight times but we 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 feel you we feel you for sure there's definitely a level of event fatigue of of renumbering fatigue yeah and like I think I, I think the last event that really mattered was the last secret wars I you know I think that that's a solid. I think there's a very solid argument there for that. Honestly, this <laughs> yeah. is sad. If you listen to any of our Patreon episodes yeah, that we're reading we comics, comics, I swear to God, it comes up every time because it's like no matter what you do, no matter what, like oh, this is gonna be a fun standalone title. It's supposed to bring in new, new, new readers, right? Oh, this Miles Morales comic that's like trying specifically to be like, hey, if you've never read comics before and you like Miles Morales from the movie, yeah, read these comics, and then there still end up being like ten issues yeah. that are part of some crossover that i don't give a shit about and it's like come on (laughs) yeah and i'm not even like opposed to like i'm not opposed to the idea of crossovers i'm not opposed to the idea of even just like separate stories that don't have consequences in the larger universe like i personally don't need that i think it's fun to tell you know strange little stories derek and i talked about um something called the spine tingling uh advent spine tingling spider-man i get the title wrong every time just spine tingling spider-man and it doesn't really affect anything but it was like a cool experiment and i'm totally for that but i just think it's good to know like where you're willing to to dip in and out of and like what things are going to frustrate you more than bring you joy you know and events are often not the thing that bring me joy (laughs) you know you know if, if i'm if i'm thinking in terms of an offshoot book 
of Spider-Man that I think was my favorite and might be my favorite like short issue run omnibus mm-hmm. that's sitting on my on my shelf, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Oh, I haven't read it. Yeah, I don't even know that one. You don't know that one? Mm-mm. We're a we're primarily a cartoon podcast, so we don't we don't actually get to talk comics all that much. So there's not a whole lot of comics reading or talking we're doing. <laughs> Real quick, basically, mm-hmm. like this happened during you know that like Doc Ock took over. He mm-hmm. what? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> um, so so it basically was like during the Superior Spider-Man run. Uh, so like Superior Foes of Spider-Man was basically Boomerang, a female beetle. Uh, shocker mm. overdrive who like his powers that he can like pimp any ride basically <laughs> and um and speed demon and like they call themselves the sinister six but it's only five members and they're they're a big joke and they're Love it. they're they're trying to like get a big score of trying to heist doc like this portrait of an unmasked dr doom and it turns out that that's not the big score. The big score is the head of Silvermane on, like, the robotic head of Silvermane on a ro- on a robotic toy car. And it's like it's it's such a funny book because mm-hmm. these are basically like villains that are like, okay, we lost. Let's go rob a pet shop. That's their gimmick. Um, I dig it. Yeah, it's it's a very short run. I have the omnibus. I loved it, and. It definitely like led into what this Nick Spencer's like Amazing Spider-Man run most recent was like because nice. it, it was very boomerang focused. And then nice. the other comic that I really liked that wasn't Spider-Man but Marvel was the Matt Fraction Dave Aha Hawkeye run. Nice word. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Some stuff to put on the list uh, for sure, especially that Superior Foes. That sounds fun. Superior, that sounds hella fun. Superior Foes is such it's such a fun book. Uh, and, you know, like, I love the new Tom Holland movies. I loved Spider-Verse. I built the um, Spider-Man Daily Bugle Lego set. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was my that was my little summer project when I would get oh, I when, when I would get home from the hospital. So I just do like a little bit every day. Right now I'm working on a Lego Green Hill Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog. So nice. Oh, yeah. Rolls. God, if I had more room, I want that Daily Bugle set so much, but like, (laughs) I don't know where I would put it. It's so good. It's so good, but you got to have room for it. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's get into these couple Spider-Man, uh, unlimited episodes. Sure. Uh, so today, I mean, again, the title tells, (laughs) tells the whole story here, but, um, we are talking about Spider-Man unlimited season one episodes one and two, which are titled worlds apart parts one and two. Um, and we talked about these originally on our episodes 40 and 41 uh, from April 2020. Uh, I don't really know if that feels like a long time ago or not that long ago. I truly don't. Uh, but that's because no. time doesn't mean anything anymore. That's so. true. We're in March day, March 2020, day 398. So Exactly. Yep, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, I, before we actually start talking yeah. about these two episodes, I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Do you know the background behind the production of this show oh boy we oh yes we our first episode on this show ben was two hours long oh because we got into the production behind this show (laughs) the production behind it is extremely fascinating yeah um, and revealing i think in helpful ways yeah i think that we can get i I, actually i want to get because i think that some of the background might color 
what you think about the show because I actually think a lot of it makes more sense when you kind of know the lead up to it. So I think we can talk a little bit and then maybe I can listeners will be familiar with it, but as a refresher to listeners and what will be new information to you, mm-hmm. we can go over some of like the, the broad strokes of the interesting background stuff. Sure. Um, Cause I'm really curious. I, I think, uh, I think you'd mentioned to Doug off mic that like you'd seen the first like episode or something maybe. Um, yeah. And then didn't stick around originally. Yeah. Like, look, my, my understanding either, either years ago or now. Okay. Years ago, definitely. While I was watching it, I was like, this is a continuation of the 90s Spider-Man. That that was my yeah. that was my thought process. Mm-hmm. And then it was also my thought process while I was watching it uh, yesterday and today because I had to split it up because the show is so terrible. More on that later. But <laughs> false, false, everybody false. <laughs> <laughs> ben and I are going to fight today. <laughs> You're in the wrong place, buddy. <laughs> but no, we want to hear it. We want to hear it. No, no. So after. I watched it. I did go on Wikipedia and I was I was like reading just this like little like paragraph on production and I'm reading like, okay, so Saban was on this and then they wanted to do something and then basically the production of the movie was happening at the same time. And so mm-hmm. Saban was like taken out of the equation in terms of the creative liberties that they wanted to do, which was going to be the first 26 issues of the amazing Spider-Man comic. So, so basically like they couldn't do a traditional suit. They couldn't adapt the early comics because the movie was going to be doing that. Exactly. And so apparently there was also counter earth part of it. And Ben Parker didn't die. And Peter Parker liked the moral fortitude to resist becoming Venom. And then, Marvel didn't like the idea and they didn't they they used traditional animation cells like am I missing anything in- so there's there's a, there's some details to that that I think are important so the original 26 episode thing it wasn't necessarily just it wasn't going to be like an adaptation as in making a cartoon uh it was going to be literally just like motion comics of the original Stanley Steve Ditko comics basically Got it. like the cheapest possible thing right yeah so right from the get-go what Saban wanted was was like the they really wanted like the least imaginative thing imaginable yeah so when when you know the guys the guys who show run this show kind of come on they're like well we want to do an actual like cartoon that's like about something that's not just like a motion comic but that of course like bumps up with the idea like that yeah with the uh with the movie coming out that they run into rights issues so they can't use the traditional suit or anything like that so they do have to come up with something new they do initially like flirt with the idea of doing spider-man 2099 which i think the vibes from that are kind of reflected in this show a lot. And I think that they didn't go with that because Batman beyond was coming out and they kind of felt like that, that would be too similar. So that's why they pivot away from that. But I think that the, the sort of core idea that they really want to deal with, with, with this show and with the idea of counter counter earth, which is like stuff from the comics. Like these are all, these are all like deep cuts from like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, like all high evolutionary, all that stuff. So like there are pulling from somewhere and venom and carnage are popular at the time. So they put those together. And I think the core idea of it is, yeah, that there would be sort of this alternate Peter Parker who uh, did end up like becoming this world's version of venom because uncle Ben didn't die. So he didn't really learn the, power responsibility thing so the ultimate like heart of the show would be sort of like 
you see in this first episode that Peter's sort of dealing with, like, I've lived as two people, like, who am I? Who's, who's, who's better, like Peter Parker or Spider-Man? And in these episodes, that doesn't really go anywhere. Like, he kind of has that conversation and then mm-hmm. goes right back to being Spider-Man. And I think that those are sort of leftovers from the original version of it, where the whole show would really be about Peter sort of confronting, like, his own identity and like really who, who am I by, by sort of seeing this mirror version of himself who goes down a different path. And I think losing the heart of that is how you end up with this show that I think like they don't have what, a, what was originally the core of it. And so instead it's like, well, we've got the sci-fi premise with counter earth and sort of the vibes of 2099. So why don't we kind of go, much harder on like class struggles and like racism and deal more with that and more just sort of general science fiction concepts, you know, with just Spider-Man plugged into it. Mm -hmm. Essentially. If I had my camera on right now, you'd be seeing like me just scratching my head and I'm just like shaking my head. Cause I'm like, they did the whole power and responsibility thing. And like, maybe I'm over being Spider-Man thing. And then they blasted him to fucking space to, to, to fuck around with beasts and other things that in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, if I'm putting my head into like Saban's thought process and Marvel's thought process and like everybody's thought process about everything right now, because we also have to take into account that like this was around the time that Marvel was going bankrupt, right? There, there's other factors here and there's people's names here, Avi Arad, that make me go, okay, we wanted to do this show. We're not going to be doing this show. We have to do a different show. Let's do, introduce a bunch of characters that will sell toys. I mean, yeah, but that was also the 90s show and yeah. every single that Spider-Man cartoon. That was the of the 90s show as well. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. And also, I do think that the, ni- the context of the 90s show is important because that show was very successful. Yeah. And they know that they wanted to continue milking that with the Spider-Man show. But it's like, well, we can't just... Like, the thing with the 90s show is that really was the first time that there had been a Spider-Man cartoon that was pretty in a lot of ways faithful to the original comics, obviously updated for the nineties, but like more so than anything that came before it in the sixties through eighties was like trying to mimic the vibe of the comics. And so if you're trying to make it, you know, nowadays it seems like every time a Spider-Man show gets rebooted, they're just like, kind of trying to do the same thing, but like slightly different. I think at the time they're sort of like, well, we have kind of what was the perfect Spider-Man show. How do we follow it up? I guess we're just going to have to pivot to something completely different. Otherwise people <laughs> are just going to confuse it with the nineties show. Um, that, which people and still they couldn't did anyway. fully, they couldn't fully just continue what the nineties show was doing. You know, they're right. like, weren't allowed. So they end up right. in this weird situation where you have all these like really great people, right. As far as the actual creative forces, like the directors and writers and, and whatnot, if you were to look at their other things, you would never, you'd never be like, oh, well, they probably put together like a, you know, shitty sequel to a Spider-Man show because it's like Gargoyles folks and X-Men animated series folks and, you know, these mm-hmm. acclaimed shows, <laughs> but they just had like this really weird playground they had to play with, right? Where it's like, well, here's the playground, but also you can't go into 75% of it and that thing over there you're not allowed to play with and you could use yeah. this, but you have to use it entirely wrong. <laughs> It's just, it had to have been a nightmare for them to work with. So, so is this show a continuation of the 90s show? No. But it can be treated like one. 
I I mean, you can if you want, but it wasn't it. The creators have, have been very clear that it wasn't intended to be so. Yeah, I think that kind of came by accident because it came out like right after that show ended. So everyone just kind of assumed it was the, They had like the little music music stinger from the 90s show theme song in the first episode, which was meant to just be like yeah. a fun joke and reference. But everyone was sort of <laughs> that like, illusion is going to follow them until the end of time. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's like, oh, well, that's a signal. They're trying to tell us that this is a sequel. Right. Well, wait, then how do they get Mary Jane back? And Alan Venom and Carter are here and stuff. Right. And it's like, that's no, we, we, they, they very intentionally wanted to be a different continuity. And, but like nobody by, by no one's fault, really, like no one knew that they just kind of assumed everybody assumed it was a sequel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the production stuff is completely fascinating. I'm actually, I'm really glad you brought it up, Ben, because I do think, you know, if you're listening, if, if you're, if you're somebody who, who hopped onto the podcast after we talked about Spider-Man Unlimited, I mean, my bias is go back and listen to all of it, but at the very least, <laughs> yeah, uh, go back and listen to the production stuff because I think it's really enlightening. Well, like, um, well, well, look when when I'm watching the show, the 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 things that I'm thinking of are toys, 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 toys. That's what my mind was like. Those were the alarm bells that were going off while I was watching these two episodes. I it do was, think it, it was literally KB toys. I do think that's interesting, like an interesting perspective to get, because I think I, I think it's safe to say that you are more in the collecting side of things than I am when it comes to like my like what my personal fandom is. Like I don't really have a collection, or I don't I don't necessarily like pay attention to merchandising or licensing or anything like this. It's just not stuff that I don't really care about. Like it, it doesn't inform my fandom necessarily at all. And so when I'm watching a show, I don't necessarily. <laughs> think about that stuff like I, I tend to pay much more attention to just like what is the story that's being told here versus yeah, what same. the story I think maybe they were trying to get at is are those things in line with each other are they not you know what are the themes what are these characters building towards or whatever and so I, th- I think it's important to call that out though right that like people are coming to the show with different perspectives and a different different relationships to the particular like media or or characters or whatever it may be well and, and like there's also like the cynic in me where I'm like, okay, this has Avi Arad's name all over it, and he loves Venom, he loves Carnage, he wants to shoehorn them whenever, and he wants to like make sure that he sells Spider-Man toys at the same time. Sure. And so, like, I mean, that's accurate. Yeah, but he's also his name's also on literally every Spider-Man thing that's ever been made. So, like, yeah. it's not, <laughs> you know, so, so, sort of <laughs> like is is his name on any of the Disney-made Spider-Man? Uh, like newer tv shows because i don't think Um, he is i think post spectacular i don't recall or at least he's not like as big of a creative influence as he is like on the movie side yeah um but like he was pretty much from the 80s through i think spectacular yeah yeah and so like i'm watching this and i'm thinking like I'm thinking of like the production meetings that they're having when they're doing character designs and they're like, yeah, yeah. Like, like this character, this dude with like a beast face or tiger face or whatever that, that would make a great in like a robot costume. That would, that would, that would make a great toy. What does he have to say as dialogue? 
Who the fuck cares? Doesn't matter. Like, oh, that... you picked the wrong oh, one. See, he's one of the best the... ones. He's actually has like an entire <laughs> you should arc have picked on the, the bear. Show. Yeah, that's... she doesn't do anything. I'm... No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm not saying that these are things that I say. I'm saying no, no, no. no I know. That, like, I'm I, like, I'm thinking that like the creative forces are unfortunately thinking. I don't know. And then it's like, okay, we have to put Jay Jonah in for like five seconds. What's he have to say? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna the whole. I'm going to say like a, a million dollars for any information about Spider-Man. Jonah, do you have a million dollars? Like what's, what's happening right now? He also <laughs> did that on the, that's the, it's so he is like, he literally did that on the nineties show too. Yeah. He's not on pretty much every Spider-Man cartoon. Damn it. I think that, but I, that's the thing is that I think that, yeah, if you're going into it cynically, you're going to see all those things. But I think the truth is that like, there's a lot more uh, in the blood of this show. That's uh, in the blood of every cartoon yeah. ev- ever pretty much. Yeah. Every Every cartoons made to sell toys like sorry. yeah 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 no, no i know i know i know and you know you've got newer shows like ben 10 and that's definitely made to sell toys and whatever i think the thing that's really important to remember though is like there are multiple forces working on any of these shows right so there are people in the room who are trying to figure out how the show can sell toys but there are also people in the room who are there trying to figure out how to tell a good story like those people don't just not exist because there are people in the room who are marketing folks so like when you think of a show like spectacular spider-man or i know it's going to be harder to sell you on it with this show in particular but i would argue this show as well there when you watch through like the whole show or honestly I think even in these two episodes is really surprised me and Derek when we first watched them it's clear that there are people who are in the room who might not be the highest up or who are able to make those marketing decisions or who have the like final say on things who really care that like we really want to explore this particular thing and spectacular it comes through in in the things Greg Weissman does and I think he's he's known for that and is often praised for that I think on this show it's there's so many more limits on it of course but you can you can find those little things in in the references peter parker makes they're weird and not for everybody because they're like <laughs> classics and Trot- literature and trotsky <laughs> makes like and a like trotsky reference movements yeah. and stuff like that so like <laughs> yeah. if it's just not your vibe like i can't sell you on that but like you can tell that there are little things that somebody in the room was like you might be trying to sell a toy but i yeah, i have this cool idea for this class warfare thing <laughs> yeah and then you've got the cocaine addled toy man who's like no 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 we got to do the toys i know that and, and then the show's not going to last for 13 more episodes and then Tata for now. No, look, the story is more important to me for a lot of things, but for this one, I definitely like <laughs> like toy, toy toy goggles definitely came on. Sure, sure, and I think I mean that's just that's just the reality of it, right? So uh, you can't necessarily turn it off uh, if that's kind of how you're looking at things. I would challenge people. I think this show is especially challenging uh, because it is so wildly different than anything that kind of came before it in the cartoon realm and has come after it in the cartoon realm, especially. Um, I mean, you can find weird Spider-Man comics, but as far as like on your TV or, or in film, it's not going to get a whole lot weirder than this. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of things that really turn people off that once again, I get why they would turn people off. And and for some people it's, it's like a clear thing. Like if this is the case, I'm not interested and that's fine. I have those rules too, but I do think yeah. this is a really interesting like sci-fi story. So like, I think if you can get your headspace into like, I'm a fan of sci-fi. So like, what if I just view this as a, a sci-fi TV show? I think you can start to find things that make a little bit more sense, but it's tough. Cause it's like a chocolate peanut butter thing, right? Do you want chocolate in your peanut butter or peanut butter in your chocolate? You either do or you don't. And I think this is a show that's very much like that. 
Right. Know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I've always felt like this isn't this at the end of the day, this, this isn't what I want from us from Spider-Man stories or from a Spider-Man show, but for what it is, this is one of those things where it's sort of like, I, I just, yeah, like kind of Doug said, like I kind of view it more as like a dystopian science fiction show, which is wild to have like seen it on Saturday morning for children. And it's just kind of just happens to have Spider-Man in it. Like plugs <laughs> yeah. into it. Yeah. What if um, Spider-Man dropped into a dystopian novel? <laughs> yeah. Which is a, which is a bonkers thing. And like, again, I, I definitely, I, I think Ben, you're in, you're in the majority for, for being off put by that. Yeah. Totally. Um, but um, I, I mean, I think, I think it mostly surprised us when we started watching it originally for the podcast, because we went into it knowing the reputation um, and knowing that most people had the kind of reaction that you did, where it's just like, Oh, what the fuck is this? Um, (laughs) And it's just sort of like, but it's weird that there's a lot happening here. And I think a lot of our journey with it was like, okay, but this show is saying things that you would get from a dystopian sci-fi novel in terms of its commentary on like class politics and stuff like that. And again, if you don't, if you're not like into that with, if you don't want that from Spider-Man, like there's nothing to do about it. It's just like not going to work for it. You know, I think, I think like the ideas are fine. Like the ideas are things that like definitely did potentially interest me. Mm -hmm. And I like them in other sci-fi things. I think it was the, the dialogue and the delivery of certain things that really made it so like, okay, you're really not treating some of these things as seriously as you should be. (laughs) <laughs> like it just and and that's that's what just didn't sit well with me. I think that mm-hmm. like that that made things very off putting. And you know, like look, it's a cartoon and it was made when we were kids and everything and it was the nineties and like there's definitely like that hard nineteen ninety nine edge to it. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> like and so that's there, but it's like Jameson is like, Oh god, the situation is dire blah, 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 blah on television. And I'm just like, well, why aren't you sending like, like real, like space military forces? <laughs> I don't know. It's- it is weird. It, no, I agree with you that that's like, there's a, there is a lot that they, it feels like these two episodes needed to be a three-parter. Cause there's a lot of stuff like that. That's kind of underbaked in order to get like Spider-Man to counter earth as quickly as possible. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. A lot of time I, jumps. A lot of time jumps. I think we even might have talked about it originally where it's just sort of like, so why is John Jameson going alone on this dangerous mission to a planet that like provoked them? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is what it is. And I don't think and I kind of also agree. I don't think the dialogue in the show is that particular. Like I would I would not usually call that out as being like particularly good a lot of the time <laughs> it's it's definitely a show that's uh its strengths are in it's like concepts i i think yeah uh more than anything else ultimately and i'm saying that as someone who like generally still enjoys it a lot right yeah yeah you'll never find me not calling the show weird as fuck like it is like it and, and it's it's bizarre that it exists um and, and i i think as somebody who like unabashedly loves this show i do think like you're right, Derek. Like most of it is is most of its strength are strengths are in its themes and its concepts and stuff. But I also think, I think the world that they create is also really strong as well as far as the potential for stories. It's just I don't know if this story necessarily, or or the stories they tell often rise to that potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think sometimes they kind of do, sometimes they kind of don't. But yeah, there's it's some like, clunky episodes yeah, in this season and some are. real messy ones. Yeah, there definitely are. 
are this is just a small sidebar, but this was something that I was wondering. I should have Googled this. But are we getting the high evolutionary in, in the MCU? I feel like we're getting that soon. I don't remember if that's been – wait, I feel like that's ringing a bell for me, though. I don't think it's been anything that was officially announced, but maybe that was something that was rumored at some point, like – I mean, we very like a Guardians movie or something. We very easily could because the high evolutionary we get in this show. Oh no, isn't... we are. We are. It's oh okay. It's it's like sorry, not to interrupt you, Doug. Have you guys watched Peacemaker? No. Not yet. Okay, it's the character Mern from Peacemaker. He is going to be the high evolutionary in Guardians Three. Okay. Okay. I mean, honestly, that that makes a ton of sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and and before anybody who's listening to this who hates this show is like, pan- like, don't panic. Like, this version of the High Evolutionary and this version of like the Knights of Wondergore and Counter Earth, they're based on concepts from the comics, but they do adapt them for this show. So, th- as I understand it, like this, it's not like a one for one, right? So, if you hate no. the High Evolutionary here, you're not going to hate the High Evolutionary necessarily. Um, in in the MCU or anything like that. But if you're going to put a character like the High Evolutionary into a Marvel property, I mean, Guardians is exactly where that type of character belongs for sure. Or Thor. You, you know. don't you don't put him with Tom Holland Spider Man. That would, <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, like, I could I could maybe envision like what that could possibly look like. I just don't think that it would work. Well, in any case, it's not going to be the version of the High Evolutionary that decides the way to find peace on a planet is to get rid of humans and only have anthropomorphic animal people. Like that's <laughs> that's never going to be the movie version. That's that's very much this I version. Oh no, no, hold on, hold on. We don't. Well, that's... we don't know what Guardians Three is, but I do suspect yeah. it'll have a lot to do with Rocket. So we'll see. Oh, I would love to see that. I don't know. I don't know. James Gunn does love animal people, and he loves animal mm-hmm. stuff. So. It wouldn't surprise right. me if he uh, if he's if he if he all of a sudden is like my main source of inspiration for this version of the High Evolutionary was the 1999 TV series Spider-Man Unlimited. Honestly, oh though, Ben, if that's best. if James Gunn is the one finding that inspiration, I'm for whatever he wants to do, because if it's going to make sense in somebody's brain and it's going to come out differently in the way that I think I can vibe with, like I do trust him to do something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Me and I too. think. And I think like when the high evolutionary, right? Like his, his whole thing is like, I came to this planet hoping for a utopia. Humans are the same. They all suck. So I'm going to replace them all with animal people. Ultimately, the way he's doing that is by doing these horrific (laughs) experiments for decades on animals, turning them into people and then doing more experience experiments on those animal people. And you will find out in the show, like on humans as well. So like there is something there that is, sort of uh, like dark that you could easily translate into something more realistic than what this is. You know, like they make a Moreau reference in here uh, in these two episodes. I think that makes a lot of sense. They, you know, they have an episode that has, uh, has to do with like cosmetics testing on humans, which is an obvious reference to like cosmetics testing on animals. So like there, there are bridges there to real world stories they could tell. Um, It's just never going to be as weird or goofy or bizarre uh, as this show, <laughs> they're going to find a way to make it a little bit more relatable. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> James Gunn will. It's, it's it's James Gunn. He'll find a way to make it goofy. Yeah, but then but then the person was somebody's dad or something. I don't know. 
Well, there, <laughs> there's a there's a darkness behind what Ego was doing, even though that's all very goofy too. So I I, I feel like he could find he's he's got a he's got a fucked up mind in yeah. in a fun way. I'm 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 being I'm being just overly flippant uh, <laughs> about about all about all of this about comics movies. How dare you? I well, <laughs> I don't know. They're precious. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular enough patrons, Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike, Lillian, and Douglas. If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. I mean, based on based on the reputation that you did know this show to have, like, did it live up to, like, did you remember much at all? I know you said you only watched a little bit, but were there things that rang bells or were there things that still managed to surprise you? I mean, you messaged me and you were like, what show should we watch? And I was like, Spider-Man Unlimited seems pretty weird and, and dumb. Let's, let, let's go for that. And like, and I, and I feel like I like hit the nail on the head with those adjectives. Like <laughs> it just, it definitely evoked and awakened a hidden memory of like, my friend's house that I was sitting that Saturday morning when the show first premiered. And then I was like, what am I watching? And it's 1999. So I guess I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. And I was just like, I just got up and I was like, I don't think I'm going to keep watching this. This is like, this is Spider-Man with a bunch of animal people. This is not working for me. And I felt that exact same way when I watched part one yesterday, and then mm-hmm. I dreaded having to watch part two today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny, because part one is like the most normal episode of the show you'll ever get. <laughs> I know. I, I, it, 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 no, you're right. You're right. It was. But I get I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, I I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I feel harsh for, for putting down something that you two both very clearly love oh ben we know we know how people feel about this show don't even worry about it <laughs> good 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 because i don't actually feel bad this show sucks <laughs> it's just so rough <laughs> <laughs> well and it's also fine because derek and i will continue to spread the gospel of the show you know so it's yeah. i know <laughs> i know i know I mean, what's what's fun is like, I mean, it sounds like you will not finish this show, right? Like that seems pretty clear to me. Yeah. Oh wow, um, <laughs> what a question. So now, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't a question. It was, it was. Uh, <laughs> I, I there, could was tell. there was no, there was no question mark at the end of that. Yeah. So no, no, yeah. it's not a question. <laughs> so now I'm just thinking of like all the things Derek and I can tell you about the show, like as it continues, <laughs> that you don't even know happened yet. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm, I'm actually 
you know, I'm more interested in the potential of what the show is going to lead to. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. We actually know a little bit about that because there's a script and an outline. Yeah, yeah. I'm more interested in that because it's my understanding that, like, the show basically ended with a cliffhanger of the symbiotes messing some shit up. And that they, they, like, they wanted to turn all these animal people into symbiotes, correct? Okay. They wanted to turn everything into symbiotes. Okay. Yeah. What was the direction of the show going forward had the show not been canceled? So we have we actually we have an episode that we did that was a postscript because the so the writers of of uh, one of the main writers of the show like released like their whole outline for the second season because they were like canceled while they were in production for yes. it so like yes. they had thought that they were going to do it but a lot of it like they I will say the solution to the symbiote stuff. I, we, we read that script. I remember feeling like it's a little bit half-assed, yeah. but so they, cause they, they pretty much wrap up the symbiote stuff in like the first episode of the second, what will be the first episode of the second season. But I actually think it's a good thing because where it goes from there ends up seeming like it's a lot more of an exploration of like, um, parallel versions of Spider-Man villains. And they're often kind of creatively handled. It seems like, yeah. like Doug, I think there was going to be like a, wasn't there a black cat? There was more than one black cat. Wasn't it a trio of black cats? Oh yeah. It was like a trio of black cats. Um, we're already on and... a planet of cats. Like, well, that's the thing. <laughs> I so... think that's the show explores that dynamic between like human and animal. Uh, so yeah. I think it would have fit in. Yeah. And I think there was going to be something where he like met a parallel, the counter earth, Mary Jane as well. And that kind of fucked him up. But one of the things that was kind of cool is that they would have a really interesting twist where they do get a hold of like a spaceship to go back to Earth. And like John wants to stay on counter Earth because I think he falls. He's like falling in love with Karen or whatever. And then Spider-Man's going to go back. But then some mishap happens and then John gets set back and Spider-Man's still trapped on counter Earth um, for a while as just like a twist of the knife kind of thing. Um, but they did have a planned ending of the show where Spider-Man does end up getting back, like defeating the high evolutionary for good. Uh, and getting back to Earth. So, like, they did have a complete story planned out for it. It is ultimately, um, yeah, it, it all ultimately loops back to the fact that Spider-Man never meant to be there more than to get John Jameson in the first place. Like, the goal, like, his particular goal is still to get back, and uh, and he does, right? Like, that's, right. Yeah. it's not like they spin off into, like, wildly other things. It's more just, like, he's stuck here, and they, they tell stories of this planet through yeah. him being stuck there and the stuff that, that's going on. I think the thing that's super, that was, that's always going to be super unclear is like exactly what the symbiote story was, because there's a lot of setup of like, is counter earth, like where the symbiotes come from or something. Like it seems like it's alluding to that, but like not really actually saying that. And I don't think even in the outline, it really digs into exactly what was going on with them. But I actually think that like might've been to the, I think it might've been to the show's benefit. Cause I, I always felt like the symbiote stuff were like the, most kind of shoehorned in part of it. They probably it were. Like didn't really belong. They probably yeah. were. Avi Arad probably walked into the room and probably said, mm-hmm. put them in there. I don't care how they're in there, but put them in there. Yeah. I mean, and they were, they were super popular villains at the time. Yeah. So like, it makes sense. Um, My preference yeah. certainly would be that they, they weren't necessarily included, but I do appreciate the fact that they folded them in, in the way that they did, which is, okay, well, we're going to work as agents of the high evolutionary, but only so that we can actually accomplish this other thing we want to do. And so they're like double agenting. I do appreciate that at least. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a pretty significant arc for the counter earth green goblin to like, yeah. he, he makes a couple appearances in this first season and he has a pretty significant storyline in the second season as well. Um, 
because he's like he's like he's a good he's a kind of an anti-hero in this show um interestingly so and it's a it's alluded that he's the wife of the nurse character or something um yeah he's 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 her husband and or he's the husband they yeah like, yeah yeah firmly establish it uh, in the second, they would have like, it's alluded to, and they would have like firmly revealed that in the second season. Yeah. Um, and had a kind of a whole storyline with that. So like that, that is the other thing about the show is that like all the supporting characters do, if, if they don't get an arc in the first season, which most of them do get a, at least a spotlight episode, then they would have had like more complete stuff in the second season. Like Karen is like the high evolutionary's daughter and stuff. Like everybody kind of has something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Don't worry, boys. I may have hated this, but I did do my research. <laughs> was there, I mean, was there other stuff, I mean, either from the shows that the episodes that we just watched or from, from what you were researching or reading about, like that really stood out to you or that you were more curious about? I guess just sort of like, maybe it's a bit like the wrong term, but like the cast system and just sort of like seeing like how everybody sort of interacts with each other. I don't know how to like really articulate that. But I think you understand what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My favorite my favorite stuff about the show is when they explore that. Because in this, over the course of this one season that we got, we do get a couple instances of humans who manage to sort of work their way up in that system and are accepted by the bestial society as like the good humans. And then we also see humans who are accepted by the society reject that and see how they sort of interact with the humans that they aren't really sort of a part of, but who, or like the bestials who they've rejected. So when they sort of explore that, I think that's kind of the best. They do get into a little bit of stuff too about how certain classes within this world are taken advantage of um, in analogous ways to obviously like the real world. So to me, that's like the biggest strength of the show. I'm, I'm wondering what like, well, we kind of touched upon it, but mm-hmm. I just want to see if I like understood exactly what Derek was saying. Was there an end point, like a beginning, middle, and end of the show, or was it just intended to just be constantly ongoing? Because like the end point was like bring John Jameson home, and then like end of show. Yeah, as far like that's from the second season outline that uh, this so like the second season outline that we have is one that Larry Brody, who is one of like one of the co story editors, um, I think that was his credit, but he he said that that was what they like the the outline that's published online is what they had pitched to Fox Kids that they were working on, and that outline does have the final episode Spider Man gets back to Earth, and that is meant to be the end of the show. And I assume if it continues, like if they, if it was a big hit somehow and they got renewed for a third season, he would just be back on earth and it probably would just be a soft reboot just with his unlimited spider. Suit, well, that, well, 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 cause like, that's what I'm thinking. Right. I'm like, what I'm thinking is like, this could have served as like a season for the 90s show in some way. I mean, I mean, those yeah, seasons were all one long arc by, you know, at a yeah. certain point. So they, they, could have done something like this um, if they wanted to, but I do think it would have looked pretty different. And I think too, they, they, uh, they didn't want to work with like Saban and Fox didn't want to work with John Semper who show ran the yeah, show yeah. anymore. Cause he, he was, a, he's a very um, like strong headed kind of guy. And it's a bit of a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. I'll say I mean, you but don't like, have to. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think for often good creative reasons, totally. he believes in his show, but they wanted to get rid he, of him. He knows what he wants. Yeah. 
So like, even if they had to, you know, even if they wanted to kind of continue the 90s show, I think like probably contractually they couldn't have without it, it being a really huge mess, you know, and, and it was just easier to cancel it and start a new one. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it certainly, it certainly is the type of show, even if you can vibe with what's going on, it's certainly the type of show that came out at the wrong time and didn't come out in the way that you want a show to come out. Cause it's release was all a big mess and all that sort of stuff. It was in a shadow of another show and you know, there hadn't been a ton of Spider-Man cartoons Pokemon uh, recently. And were coming out. Exactly. Yeah. The competition was huge. The target demographic of what this show was, that demographic had turned its head completely to something completely different and yeah. was now into a different toy box. Sure. I mean, but that's not mm-hmm. the fault of the show. I mean, right. That's not the fault. That's not the fault of the show. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they were probably, I mean, I'm sure every show was sort of like shitting their pants over that, you know, and, and they talk about, yeah. I mean, the, the folks on this show talk about that. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I'm just, I'm just sort of like agreeing yeah. with you. Like, yeah, it came out at the wrong time. And, and mm-hmm. like, even actually like going further, there's a part of me, there's a part of me that says like, maybe if the show came out now, it'd be more widely accepted because of all the weird things that we've seen on the silver screen and what rather what the general public has seen on the silver screen and that they are more accepting of talking trees, talking raccoons, talking whatever's that interact with Iron Man and interact with characters that we know and love and everything. I think, I think now with the general public being more familiar with even the word Thanos, like (laughs) Mm -hmm. it, like, like the ideas of a counter earth could work. I think that this show came out at a wrong time yeah if it were to come out now it might work maybe it would definitely be different if it came out now but it but even if it was like a similar premise i agree with you i think people are more primed for like weirder weirder comic book stuff and also like people are more accepting of like wild deviations from comics now you know as long as it's sort of executed well yeah and and not hugely in thanks to spider-man uh, itself with Spider Verse and all that, like the comics run of Spider Verse and then into the Spider and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you can, I don't. I would be shocked if you could find somebody just walking down the street who didn't understand the word multiverse now. And I don't know that that would have been the case 15 years ago for just every right. person you passed on the street. You know what I mean? I think that the 2017 show could have very easily dedicated, you know, a multi episode arc to this exact story. Probably not a whole season, but they could have. They could have taken a lot of what this did, or even more so, probably Ultimate at certain points in its run. Yeah, for sure. Ultimate, I could see. Um, The 2017 show, hard for me to see. I watched all of Ultimate, and Mm -hmm. like it was okay. I I watched like the beginning of the 2017 show, and I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, we've started to cover 2017, but we haven't touched uh, Unlimited just yet. Ultimate. Ultimate. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if this is sort of a world that Phil Lord and Chris Miller would want to touch on in Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 or 2. It's interesting because on one hand, it's sort of like, no, absolutely not. Then on the other, it's sort of like, no, but it is like the kind of like weird deep cut. Like that's not that deep yeah. of a cut, but it's still kind of a deep cut that like might actually be kind of appealing. I don't know. And it's different enough that it stands out from everything else that would mm. be happening in the movie. Yeah, and they could easily, like, make fun of it, too. Like, they don't even have to treat it with, like, seriousness. Right. You could be like, oh, this is the weird furry world that everyone hates. Oh, okay, fine. Let me have, let, let, let me write that part, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I think 
this this particular universe shouldn't ever be taken super seriously. I feel like you're setting yeah. yourself up if you take it too seriously, right? So like yeah. anytime it appears if it if it if it were to appear in any sort of spider verse type situation, especially with Phil uh Lord and company, like yeah, you gotta make fun of it. Like you have to. Yeah. You know? I mean look, they're touching the Japanese Spider Man show and they're gonna be crapping all over that, I'm sure. Like that 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 stuff is goofy. I love like the aesthetic of I've never watched it, but like the idea oh, that's super fun. It's a lot of fun. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. But like the idea of that show even existing and it being the reason why Power Rangers even exists just tickles me. Like, mm-hmm. but like the fact that they're going to be touching on that. Yeah, they're going to be making fun of that. But like in a loving way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Spider-Man guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's never there's never uh, there's never a limit to how much you can how much you can theorize and, and imagine with spider-man especially especially in the present especially <laughs> spider-man <laughs> unlimited yes For oh well i mean if you're in my brain of course yikes <laughs> get, get help i was thinking about it again today uh because you know anytime i get to talk about the show I, I think about all the possibilities and all the stories and all the different things they could have done and and i was thinking of all the things they could do with john jameson and it just there's so many so much potential let me write the comic let me write the comic they had a comic <laughs> for it apparently oh i know we read it it's oh. very different and bad <laughs> <laughs> and i'm saying that so you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> It it did it did some interesting things. It just it didn't touch on any of the stuff that I necessarily like about this yeah. show. So yeah, weird. It was weird for different reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Different worse reasons. <laughs> well, I, honestly though, like it's kind of nice. It, I don't think we've really had a situation where we're like, hey, like come onto the show, talk about this thing um, that we're like pretty open that we like, uh, and had somebody who's been like, no, guys, just stop. Like it's actually kind of <laughs> nice to have that. I'm not have even gonna somebody lie, bring you, know? you back to Earth for just a minute. You know, if 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 only because you know somebody listening to our show has only ever heard our sort of take on it or our, our, our sort mm-hmm. of spins on it, and you know, I think we're always pretty fair. You know, I think if there's stuff to criticize. Uh, or to workshop, we always bring it up, but it's no secret that we love this show. And, um, and and like, look, when it comes to me, you're talking to somebody who is extremely accepting of things that a lot of people do not like. Like, there are certain aspects of Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, which is regarded as one of the worst Sonic games, maybe the worst Sonic game, definitely on the list of worst vi- video games overall ever made. But there are parts of it that I really do like and I do appreciate. Like, I I I get where you're coming from. Yeah. And I, I would even say, like, and I'm not I'm I by no means am I gonna try to convince you to watch the rest of the show, but I feel like like anything, if you were, you would you would find something. I feel like if if you're going in with that same sort of attitude you're talking about, like you'll always find something. I want to I want to sort of construct the timeline for you of what yesterday and today was for me, please. Okay. So I watched the first episode and then I was like, <sighs> I've made a horrible mistake. This is, this is exhausting. I've, I've made a horrible mistake. Yes. But this is also <laughs> exhausting. Let mm-hmm. me start my sixth rewatch of friends. <laughs> and oh. Like, like, and, and I'm not, I'm not talking about like, far proximity in time i had just finished watching all of friends last weekend so now i'm just like 
okay, let me let me let me buffer this with just something a little bit gentler and not this. And, Definitely would be a palate cleanser, that's for sure. Yeah, and so like <laughs> I got to what am I on now? Episode nineteen. And then I was like, all right, I'm doing laundry right now. Let me watch the second episode. And I was just like, oof. Oof, I can't <laughs> handle how good this is. I'm leveling up too fast, is correct, what you said. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't I can't accept that my, my poor pity brain can't seem to love and appreciate <laughs> that, that, that this, this, this wonderful, spectacular piece of animation yeah. Not wonderful, one to gore, Dr. Ben. <laughs> Not my life. <laughs> the friends the friends palate cleanser was like having a having a cracker as a palate cleanser cleanser during like a nice wine tasting where it's extremely every wine is very good. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Have we have we annihilated you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't enough? know. Or have you annihilated us? I'm not really sure. The one, yeah, the, I don't know. The one, the one thing that makes me happy and that make, lets me go to sleep at night is that Mor- Morlin killed this dude. And uh, <laughs> that he put him out of his misery in Spider-Verse at some point. That's true. That's true. That did happen. That did happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I feel like that's a beautiful place to end, just like Spider-Man Unlimited's life. Yes. Um, <laughs> ben, I'm so glad you joined us, um, especially for this. <laughs> and, um, I, and, I, and I hope I haven't ruined my potential to uh, to come and guess that. <laughs> no. Next time, maybe maybe choose one that you like more, just so you're not always coming in hot every time. But other than, otherwise... <laughs> I, I I know. Look, I sincerely hope that I I haven't like burned bridges or anything. No, no, like this, no. th- this was a lot of fun. No, Ben, if you were gonna if you were gonna come in and have like a contrary take to something that we liked, I mean, like this is the safest thing you could have chosen. Like you have an entire army of like the entire Spider Man viewing audience behind you, and then like yeah. Derek and I are over here with some weirdos being like, "But what if it's good?" Yeah, those people <laughs> strapped me to a catapult, and they said, "You've got to straighten these." guys out you gotta fix fix their broken brains (laughs) it didn't work it's still broken broken. broken. it's it's even more broken (laughs) you've only made me stronger yeah (laughs) but i am very glad that you're able to come on for this one you have not burned any bridges (laughs) um this was a lot of fun (laughs) and if people would like to find you or if you'd like them to find you anywhere where might they do that you can find me at Dr. Ben MD on Twitter. Uh, that's kind of the only place where I'm uh, hanging around right now. And um, look, go get your vaccine, go get boosted, wear your mask, protect yourself, protect others. If you have any questions, just feel free to DM me. Uh, my DMs are open. And if there's any sort of clarification or anything, or if you want um, some good sources of, uh, sources of information, um, I can point you in the right direction. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Wonderful. Or if you just um, want to, you just want to talk Pokemon, Power Rangers, and Pizza and Puppies, the the the, the four P's. <laughs> maybe maybe some Spider Man in there too. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you would like more from me and Derek, the first place I would point you is our Patreon, where everything we do together is. It's patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. But it's not just everything on the main feed. It's all of our bonus content as well. We have some wonderful patrons that we love to say thank you to. And the way we do that is by uh, covering some extra stuff that, that isn't necessarily cartoons. So comics, movies, all that sort of stuff there. Uh, so check that out. Uh, and check out our Discord. There should be a link in the show notes. If you can't find it, just let us know. In the meantime, if you'd like uh, anything else from me or Derek, you can find 
find us all over the place. Derek, where can people find you? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my other podcast, Gimmicks, which uh, looks at the high-concept, structure-breaking, experimental gimmick episodes of television with a new show and a new guest every week. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts or on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on a Pokemon podcast that Dr. Ben has appeared on uh, called Victory Road uh, here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friends Vicky and Katie and I catch up on all of the media we have been consuming lately. Derek and I do have a monthly podcast. It's called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. And our episode on Finding Dory is out now, wherever you get your podcasts for a full archive of everything Derek and I are doing go to our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com or you can follow us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at wallopingwebpod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com can Please I rate yeah can I can I, can I just say something mm-hmm. this uh this one should be called wallop and web sloppers because this was so sloppy <laughs> wow false now we're fighting bridge burned I'm so wow. sorry Well, in any case, please rate, review, and subscribe without the words walloping web sloppers, if you will, on all podcast platforms. Uh, If you like what we're doing here, somebody else will too. Uh, And those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find. Next week, this actually... I must say, has like been a much requested series for us to do that we're finally starting. We are venturing back to 2003, right after the very first theatrical Spider-Man movie, when MTV created its own Spider-Man television show, Spider-Man, the new animated series, with the episode Heroes and Villains. Oh boy, I truly don't know what to expect, because I don't know anything about that show. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited for you to see this, Doug. It's going to be... It's going to be a ride. (laughs) Let's just say that. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) See you then. See ya.